Hello and welcome to another round of New Time Religion with Dr. Andy Root and me, Derek Tronsgaard. A lot has changed since our last episode. I'm sure that most of you out there right now are social distancing, staying at home, and trying to adjust to this new reality of life under a pandemic. And our prayers are with you and your family and your friends that you're healthy and finding God's peace in a hard time like this. And so as we shift into this new season of staying at home and self-quarantining, Andy and I got together on Zoom to record a new episode about the pandemic. But before we start all of that, I wanted to take a quick moment and remind you all about Andy's new book, The End of Youth Ministry, that's available now. I've read it. It's a game changer. It was for me in my ministry, and I think that anybody in the field of youth ministry or ministry in general should check it out. It's a great thing to do while you're stuck at home. Uh, read this book. It's really, really incredible. We're including a link to the book in our show notes where listeners of this podcast can get 40% off the cover price, and it's also available on Amazon. And the ebook is out there on the Kindle store if you can't leave the house or you're having trouble getting it shipped to you. But check out the book. It's wonderful. And again, thanks for listening. And so with all of that, here's another round of New Time Religion. It's been really fascinating because we've been talking about Hartmut Rosa on the podcast a lot. Yeah. And his idea about the world speeding up. And, and I've just had that in the back of my mind as the world has literally come to a crashing halt right before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about a lot, too. I mean, I don't know if you have this experience. Um, and maybe this is just this is like, you know, it, it's hard to even talk about this because the, the, the relative scale of suffering that happens here, you know, is first of all, we don't even know where it begins or where it ends. Um, really, we don't know where it ends. Uh, you know, but my suffering through the pandemic has been very slight, though it's been it's been hard. Like we had spring break trip canceled. We had conference to Finland canceled, like things that we were really looking forward to, you know. And so what I've been what I've been really aware of in this is with Rosa kind of on my mind are are kind of the two conceptions that we've, I think, talked about on this podcast before, but really are interesting in light of this pandemic is it, well, first of all, underpinning that is the acceleration that things just keep going faster. And all of a sudden a little bit like nine 11, when all of a sudden the planes weren't flying and there was no one flying, but we've just kind of done that completely, like shut everything down. And, you know, so, so you go from like this accelerated speed to all of a sudden nothing for the most part, uh, except maybe anxiety on Twitter or something. Um, and that's really interesting. And I think at, at a certain level, you could think, oh, well, maybe this is a kind of hidden gift. This is a way to get off the acceleration train. But I don't know if that's really true. And the, the two things that come up that, that are kind of the conundrum of this, this kind of acceleration are, well, one is the way that dynamic stabilization works, like we talked about on this on this podcast. You know, it's like that's something that in we, order to be safe and stable, something needs to continue to grow continue to grow, continue to accelerate, continue to go faster. And so what we're basically seeing is the economy's imploding because it can't move. We're, we're actually, we're sick enough as a society where we have to slow down and slowing down. But look at the markets just don't know what to do. So they just, they just start hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money, even though these companies aren't necessarily, I mean, maybe the air, maybe travel companies, but other companies aren't any less profitable you know, on Thursday than they were on, you know, last Thursday necessarily, but uh, just, the, you know, we lose a third of the stock market. But the big thing that's probably more relevant for people that, that's come to me, and maybe I'm just doing my own therapy here on this podcast, 
But one of the interesting things about us late modern people, and, th- and we do need to talk about a little bit about what it's like to have a pandemic in modernity. Because we've had, obviously, there's like the Spanish flu happened during modernity, but it's so weird. We very rarely ever talk about the Spanish flu. So then we kind of are, we jump back to thinking of like the, the great, the plagues that were really kind of pre-modern realities. You know, I mean, wh- what do you do in a, in a kind of invisible enemy like this in what become the sources of salvation when, when you're in a kind of late, disenchanted, secular age, you know? So... Um, you know, you see on Twitter all the time, like, well, this isn't God judging us or, you know, the, the, the great Twitter feed, um, God's, you know, God, that the Twitter handle God, the, the tweet of God, is that what it's called? Yeah. The tweet of God or whatever yeah. it is where he actually he had has a, gr- a gas mask on this week, which I thought was a nice touch. Okay. But I think he had a tweet if we're thinking of the same account where he said like, um, I'm not judging any, this virus isn't because I'm judging anyone. Um, The only people I judge are those who would think that I would bring this virus or something. But it still does signal a very different kind of cosmology of like what's at stake here and what can save us. And it it really does feel like the only thing that can save us or what you kind of wake up in the morning or watch the news at night and hope is going to occur is that they're going to, that science is going to save us or not even really science as much as like technical, technological optimization. So this really is the moment in some sense of Kin Silicon Valley save us. You know, you just kind of think of the way Luther responds to the late plagues that happened or even the early plagues that that happened through Rome with with the early church. And there is a sense of enchantment to these. Like this is, these are divine realities and divine things will save us. And of course that plays into superstition, but it'll be really interesting to see how we respond to this and how rationalized we get within it in, in, in what we do. But the big epidemic I think that we, we confront, and I think that pastors particularly have to deal with, and this is me talking about myself, is that one of the things we talked about in this podcast is in the acceleration that the present becomes very short. And we almost live our lives always a projection into the future. Almost always. So the modern condition is that we really, our minds are rarely ever where our bodies are. Like our minds are always projected into the future. We're always looking for something new. And I find what depresses me when I wake up in the morning and realize I'm not in a dream, but that the whole world is shut down, is what becomes an existential crisis for me is I don't know what to anticipate. I don't know what to look forward to. I don't really know what to plan. I feel grief that these eight things that I was really looking forward to have been canceled, what that will mean for other things. But I'm so, this is, I think, as late modern people, we so much project ourselves into the future. But what happens when we literally don't know? Will things be open in a week? Will things be open in 18 months? We don't know. And how do we deal with that? So this is an opportunity, actually, to just live in the present. But we have been conditioned for hundreds of years, well, at least since after the wars, at least since a consumer society, to never live in the present, but always be projecting into the future. Like we said, the good life's all in the dream state. The good life's always in accruing resources of attainability, accessibility, availability, so you can live whatever dream you want to in the future. What happens for all purposes right now, we have no future. There is no future. I mean, God... Thank God that it's not we're all dead or this 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 virus is going to get 75 percent of the people. 
But for all intents and purposes, when it comes to our human action, you can't plan anything. And if you're a middle class, late modern Western person, you have your identity and you find meaning and you find purpose in planning. Let's look. Let's go on Google and look for our next vacation. Let's. Wh- how are my stocks doing? Um, you know, or what, what would the next promotion be? How do how do I get tenure? And think about how that relates to your kids. Like, how are you moving your kids into the good life if the good life for the last five or six years has been preparing them to go to college? And all of a sudden, we don't know. What if universities don't admit any students next year? And your whole life has been built around either getting into that that college or getting your kid into that college. And so I think what we find ourselves in is a crisis of the projection of the future. And so how do we cope with this where the good life is in the future, but for all intents and purposes, none of us have a future anymore. The best we can do is hold on to today and ask how much food do we have in our um do you have toilet paper do do you have toilet paper i mean isn't that interesting actually the way that we've been raiding supermarkets that have actually upset the supply line because it almost is the only control we can have and we're such obsessive future-oriented people that it's like okay just go buy all the toilet paper and all the eggs you can and then at least that gives you that that kind of scratches the itch of the future orientation. So it's really an epidemic of being able to live in the now. And we could say, well, this is, gives us a great opportunity, but we have been completely conditioned and formed to not do this. And it becomes an existential crisis. So all of a sudden you take the meaning and purpose away from people that's always projected in the future. Tell them to stay home and just watch Netflix. I mean, when does this break? And people are like, I can't do this, man. Like, I need to know and organize my life. I mean, part of the way to cope with being a late modern person is you become hyperly organized, future-oriented, projective person. And for all intents and purposes, again, I keep repeating myself, but we have no future. The other thing I worry about is the fact that we are very much social animals. And I think Rosa gets to this too. He talks about resonance and those experiences you have in community with others. You know, clearly there is a crisis of health that's going on before us. Clearly there's a crisis of economics and the market crashing. The other crisis I'm also worried about Um, is just the social crisis in the sense of we have all of these people now who are going to be isolated from each other sitting at home alone how do you how do you have resonance with other people how do you have uh, experiences with community with each other that's that's how we're wired I think that's how we're made and that has also been taken away from us and I think that is going to be a big thing that we're going to have to deal with absolutely yeah I mean yeah I mean you you see the kind of the 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 twitter videos and stuff that go around that get a lot of retweets or like you know italian people playing music on their uh, balconies and stuff so there's yeah. still this yearning to connect and you know playing music together what a resonant experience you know so we already are a society in societies that um are in have endangered resonance experiences but you really do need otherness you you need legitimate otherness and most primarily that comes through human others but what do you do? And and like, how do you look at your kid? Like, I'm just thinking, you know, like I have a 12 year old and a 15 year old and so much of our conversations, so much of our 
um, energy is revolves around like what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen next year, how are we going to get you to the future? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to be dire here. I mean, I think we'll in some ways get back to normal life at some point. But man, the burden of not being able to puff on the drug of future orientation, not to take a hit of that, I think is really hard for people. And I, I wouldn't doubt if we start seeing lately like a lot of both anxiety and depression spikes on, on both levels because I think people do medicate themselves um, with kind of building resources. I mean, I think that's part of why we're freaking out. Well, well I'll, I'll just honest for myself, why I'm freaking out about the stock market because I've invested money in my retirement to live a future good life and now that's freaking in peril and so it's a, it's an attack on the future as well for you know like i'm fine now and thankfully i know other people aren't in this situation but thankfully it appears i'm gonna still get a paycheck for a while and i can do a lot of my work over zoom and things like that other people can't um but i'm still sweating the stock market every day because it is an affront on my future good life not on my good life right now. And so if most people are living with future senses of the good life, what do you do when the future is unknown and it's just it's just a it's just a it's just a black mirror. I don't know. It's it's, it's just yeah. It's actually been really inspiring, though, to see in a really visible way that you normally don't get, you know, um, all of these pastors that are doing church online. Or I don't know if you saw the one yeah. of the priest who had printed out pictures of all of his parishioners and then set them in the chairs and then <laughs> they did yeah. online worship that day. You know, it's 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 kind of inspiring, though, to see that somehow the church is making it work. And somehow, even though it has to be in this virtual way, the church is still connecting people and providing those experiences of resonance. And I just, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's interesting. And the hope should be, this is not the first pandemic rodeo that the church has been through. But I wonder if, um, and, and my wife, Cara, has written a little article about this for the Christian Century, but I do think that small churches might be in better shape. Um, and maybe bigger churches will have the resources to be okay. But I would really worry about the medium-sized churches, that that they will lose people. And mainline people have to – I think the mainline church has to wrestle with more, that we have a certain responsibility um, to people who are over 75. Um, they've filled our churches. They've still been there, and now they're really at risk. And they tend not to also, at least the ones I know, um, tend to have a harder time getting on Zoom or getting – they don't have a smartphone to, to stream things. And yet they've been – They've been foundations and rocks of these congregations, and it's a little bit easier if you have 60 people in your church as opposed to 260. Maybe if you have 6,000, you have all sorts of other resources you can use, but I think this is a moment where smaller churches have a certain advantage that, uh, that they rarely have in, uh, in Protestantism particularly that maybe should be celebrated in a, in a certain way. New Time Religion featuring Dr. Andrew Root is produced by me, Derek Tronsgaard. Andy's new book, The End of Youth Ministry, is available now and can be purchased through the link in the show notes for 40% off the cover price. Hard copies can be found on Amazon and the ebook is on the Kindle store now. 
New Time Religion is a production of the Alter Guild Podcast Network, and you can check them out for more great shows. Thanks again so much for listening. We hope you'll join us next time for another round of New Time Religion.